Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens, though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven, so you can catch us on the road. Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. Even though we ended season two on a cliffhanger, thanks to the global pandemic and our increasingly busy lives, we are stoked to begin season three. Just to recap, the Blazers were fantastic in the bubble. They defeated the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoff game to make it to the playoffs, and they won game one against the Los Angeles Lakers, and then the Lakers treated your Portland Trailblazers to a gentleman sweep, kicking them out of Disney World. That has already happened, and we are moving forward. The NBA offseason <laughs> is popping off right now. The NBA draft occurred last Last week, with Anthony Edwards, the physical athletic shooting guard out of Georgia, going first to the Minnesota Timberwolves, James Wiseman, the center out of Memphis, who was suspended most of last season, went second to the Golden State Warriors, and LaMelo Ball, brother to Lonzo, legendary point guard who took Lithuania and Australia by storm, went third to the Charlotte Hornets. No date has been set yet for when his father will be facing Michael Jordan for the greatest game of one-on-one you've ever seen. Coming soon. Anyway, your Portland Trailblazers drafted C.J. Ellaby, a 6'6 shooting guard out of Washington State, go Cougs, with the 46th pick in the draft, and I know what you're thinking, whoa, what about the first round? Well, let me tell you, things are a-changing here in Rip City. The Blazers traded Trevor Ariza, the 16th pick, and a protected pick next year to the Houston Rockets for 3-and-D forward Robert Covington. By the way, Ariza was traded two more times this week and has now been traded an NBA record 10 times in his career. That's pretty crazy. Then the Blazers made another trade, getting rid of Mario Hazonia, welcoming back Ennis Cantor. The Blazers then got active in free agency using the mid-level exception on slam dunk contest champion, airplane mode, that's his name, right? Derek Jones Jr. to a two-year $19 million deal. Then they re-signed Rodney Hood, yes, welcome back Rodney, to a two-year $21 million deal. Then they re-signed Carmelo Anthony to a minimum deal, that's amazing. Then the Blazers celebrated their annual tradition of acquiring young centers from the Sacramento Kings by signing Harry Giles to a minimum contract as well. So the Blazers currently have 14 players, LB, the uh, LB, the rookie, could become a two-way contract, but they still have the biannual exception that they could use, so not everything is finished right now. We already have some updates from the future. Neil Olshay discussed players and playing time in his press conference today. The Blazers are currently not looking at filling the last roster spot. The biannual exception would put them over the tax line and they're trying to avoid repeating that. He also said they're not looking for another point guard. He said that Anthony Simons is the backup point guard and he's better than the guys that are available. He also said Carmelo Anthony would be coming off the bench and be featured in a second unit where he would have more opportunities than he would in the first unit. Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington are expected to start, so we'll be watching for that. That should be a really solid defensive starting five. He also mentioned bringing in more pace and movement in offense, which should help open up opportunities for guys like Derek Jones as a slasher. He discussed how it's more important who ends the game than who starts it, and Melo could be ending games based on who's playing well. So. Really, many of the thoughts we shared in this episode, um, Olshay reiterated. Also, Wenyan Gabriel has been signed to the New Orleans Pelicans, so we're excited for him, but we'll miss having Wenyan in Rip City. We're excited for this team, so listen in to our thoughts from our earlier recording. Let's get this started, Austin. How are you doing? How are you feeling about these Blazers? 
Well, I'm doing great, Christian. It's it's great to be back with you and to be chatting. Uh, I hope everyone, all of our listeners, our audience, uh, is doing all right and staying safe during these times. It's been crazy times, um, and and it, we're fortunate to to hear some positive news on the horizon. Hopefully, uh, we will be transitioning from our new normal back to a little bit of our uh, our uh, normal normal. Um, but for the Blazers, I would say most things have been anything but normal normal uh, as far as Neil Olshay's moves and some of our off recent off seasons. Um, I mean, I I think I speak for a lot of Blazers fans when I say this is definitely one of the better Blazers off seasons we've put together. Um, yeah, for sure. And you know, you you mentioned briefly how we're gonna uh, maybe discuss just kind of how we feel about Olshay as a GM in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was kind of reflecting on it the other day, and I thought to myself, he is sort of, in a way, after this recent offseason, um, the epitome of what you might expect from a mid-level market team. Yeah. Right? Like, like he is safe. He's absolutely safe. And when we look at some of these other mid-level markets, it's, it's the coaches and the GMs that um, kind of bring this big city mentality or, like, my way or the highway mentality that seem to be blown out. Yeah. after two or three seasons um and i'll be the first person to say i was absolutely on the boo olshay train like dude he dude needs to make something happen and to be honest like there were there were um situations where we kind of hamstrung ourselves uh financially in the past and some off seasons where maybe uh, some greater risk could have been taken in the past but um you know after this recent this these moves with ennis and, and roco um and kind of moving back to what is known for us, um, I don't know. I really like that in his pickup. Um, yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's a. I think he's a safe guy. I think he's a safe guy, and even safe guys have a hourglass. And our hourglass, as Portland fans, as we all know, is Damian Lillard. Yeah. It's Dame time. And and I and I think that him. I, I think we all saw the photos of of Terry Stotts and him. And um, and kind of the war room, so to speak, and uh, you know that was a that's a that's priority number one. What's our timeline? And it's who's our star player? Um, and he's played it safe. He's played it safe, and to a degree, like I said, like with uh, I think it was. So who was a part of that, Christian? It was like Myers' contract. Uh, <laughs> potentially, about, was it? Are you, are you who, talking who about twenty sixteen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Who was yeah. a part of that that re-signing class? Who was a part of that? So that's uh that's exhibit one of why I still am not a fan of Olshay overall, and I'll I'll get into that. But as far as who the Blazers signed in that off season, it was basically Evan Turner and Alan Crabb for like seventeen, eighteen that's, million a year um, yeah. each for four years, and then it was Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless for ten million a year. And that's you know that's an oversimplification, but that's right about where it was at. Um, and yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think I think most people might would say, um, you know, Evan Turner <laughs> made out really well. Darn right, and Alan Crabb. We're still paying for Andrew Nicholson's contract, who never spent a second in a Blazers uniform. Yeah. So if it weren't for that, I think he maybe, I think Olshay maybe would have even taken, uh, you know, even for a mid, even for a quote unquote safe GM, he would have taken a, a risk or two, but. You know, here here's the opportunity. The hourglass is about halfway through. Um, there's a reason why he's still employed. Yeah. Does that does that bode well for us as fans all the time? No, absolutely not. Um, but I think that it's it's safe. 
What are your thoughts on that? Okay, I'm going to hit on a couple things you brought up. First, you said he's like kind of the epitome of a, um, of a I was about to say mid-major, like a mid-major college, um, of a small market team, <laughs> GM. Yeah. Um, and I agree in some ways. I think that that 2016 offseason is the exact example of, no, he went too big, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also I think that the Blazers having Damian Lillard and his career trajectory and how much you're going to be paying him and CJ – I think there's certain things that he's needed to do that he hasn't done. Um, but I agree, like when, when you consider since 1998, uh, when the Chicago Bulls had their second three-peat, ever since then, every single NBA Finals has had either the Warriors, the Heat, the uh, Lakers, or the San Antonio Spurs. Every single one of the NBA Finals has had one of those four teams. That tells you how important it is if you're a small market team um, to not just go big or go home. Because these teams, you know, they're going to throw in all their chips on Paul George or something like that, which sometimes I argue for, for sure. Because when you go big, sorry to interrupt, Christian, but just real quick, when you go big... It's just like cutting your hair, right? What is the what? Are, what do they always say? They're like, we can always take more off, yeah. right? But yeah. we can't we can't put it back on. So it's unfortunate because um, it's a it's a short it's a long term it's a short term decision for long term impacts. Yeah, right. So, and, and all sorry, that to continue. say, like, um, there's a time to go big for sure. But considering yeah. that the same teams are always going to be good, the Lakers they had no reason they should be good. They were terribly managed. Um, they had some good young players, but yeah. the only reason they're good is because LeBron just decided to go there. That's the only reason. And then and a guy named there. Anthony Davis who exactly. gave him a pretty hard time here recently, which yeah. I liked. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's going to be those same teams there. So these small market teams they need to capitalize when they have a chance, but you know they need to know when is the chance. I mean, the Pistons are who the heck knows what the heck the Pistons are doing. What is there. happening with them? <laughs> What is happening with that? No clue. But but like the at least at least we know with like OKC it's like okay Sam Presti is like um, like ham. the warmonger of of draft picks. Like he's just got a dungeon of draft picks. He's going insane. Um, they have about five hundred first round picks in the next five years. Um, yeah. So with all that considered, I wanted Olshay fired before. I wanted a new GM. And I'm still pretty dang annoyed about all the things he's done before, and I'm pleasantly surprised by this offseason. I don't think he hit it out of the park, necessarily. Um, He did a lot of good moves, and the team is better than it was last year, for the most part. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, Cantor's great. He's not perfect. He was practically unplayable at some points um, in the half season that we had him, um, just because his defense is so bad. Um, and, that, and that's not just because he was fasting during Ramadan. Um, it was in the regular season. There was plenty of times where we needed him to show up, and it's like, oh, did we put in Meyer? But Leonard? now we have like, now we have guys like um, like Harry Giles and Wenyan and Rocco that we can pair with him. Um, maybe maybe obviously not like the lion's share of his minutes, but like split with some of his minutes. And I think we are a little bit more versatile defensively. Yeah. And I also think that like how he may have gauged CJ and Dame against veterans several years ago is not how we should gauge them defensively against younger players nowadays. I think yeah. that, I think point. that they, yeah, I think, I think that they, Dame, we know, like, I don't know what, I, I've, I've talked about this in the entirety of our show. There was a season, we always talk about how he adds something to his tool belt every off season. Yeah. And there was a season recently where he, his on ball defense just took a, took a, took a step. Yeah. 
Um, so I am also uh, interested to see how that um, how that contrasts newer players in the coming years. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, just to go back, we don't have Wenyan yet. Hopefully we get Wenyan. We'll see. Um, oh, okay. I mean, maybe not. A lot of people want a point guard. We could talk about that in a minute, but... Um, yeah, we don't have one in yet, but so he was a free so he was a free agent. Yeah, he's a free year. agent. Okay, yep. gotcha. Um, but then for Damon CJ, I think that's a really good point. Like guys like Trey Young, they don't play defense. So um, when Absolutely when it was not. Dame against you know like the the league was run by Darren Williams, Derek Rose, Chris Paul. Like when those were the guys, like yeah, Dame was atrocious at defense, yep. and he's steadily improved while younger players have come in and they're not typically is focused on defense now you'll get the six six point guards who are going to have length regardless and um yeah andre what, what was his name for new york uh nicolatina right he was like yeah. the lengthy like french guard i think or yep um he's the but, only guy still on their team from like three seasons ago back when they had porzingis i think i saw you retweeted something today and it said uh zion is oh now my. the longest tenured player with the pelicans isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard in your life that's that's pretty ridiculous literally last um, season he was drafted he's now like hey welcome to my team i've been here the longest i'll show you the ropes like that's from just from ridiculous. a management from a management standpoint though like not even from basketball i have no idea how to manage a professional basketball team what? um but like just from like being in in professional environments myself you brought your star player in and now you're saying we're gonna start fresh and we're gonna build and like it's like I, I don't know I guess like from a from a fan standpoint I'm like this is ridiculous like yeah. how did this happen so quickly but from a management and from like a if, if I'm Zion I'm ecstatic about that yeah and I mean he, pressure is on I mean he can he can feel it I'm sure it's like okay this is your team it's it's as close to a LeBron situation as it gets um, and you know he's either gonna thrive in it or he's gonna break under it um there there's likely not an in-between in this situation but i, I mean basically, i think it's really just gonna be health for him man he's huge oh absolutely i, I saw he slimmed down this offseason apparently but yeah okay. i mean i i think he's up to the test obviously he's a charismatic guy but his athleticism is just crazy and his first game in the nba he was shooting threes like nobody's business so um, I, th- I think he's going to do great in that situation. Um, they have a lot of really good pieces around him, and they traded Drew for, um, yeah, two. Uh, maybe they didn't get George Hill in the end. I don't know. But I think they got uh, Bledsoe, and they got at least one first-round pick. So so has, has Giannis re-signed? Giannis has not re-signed. Uh, technically, it's Does he extension. need to? No, he's not a free agent. It's, it's extension time. Ah. Uh, yeah, so. So, I dude, I feel like. He's kind of just wasting his time. In Milwaukee? I mean, sp- I mean, yes, but also more specifically, like, now. Like, if he were to stay there this year, he'd be like, yeah, I got Drew Holiday, one of the more underrated two guards in the league. But is that really going to put him over, like, some of these other teams that we've seen now be put together? The Lakers adding Montrez Harrell, the Blazers this offseason. Um, I mean... I. I like I the Bucks know. a lot. I like them even more if they would have gotten Bogdanovich like they were going to at first. We're but... gunning for. Wasn't there some uh, murky murky water around that? Like like what with, with the timing of, of his uh, them pursuing Bog, Bogdanovich? Yeah, it's he's a restricted free agent, and basically he wanted to go into free agency, and the Kings basically assumed that he was good to do a sign and trade. 
um, and maybe he changed his mind. Maybe they were just assuming the whole time, but it did not work out. He's currently signed to go to the Hawks. He's restricted so the Kings could keep him, and they should because he's great, and they have who, no talent. <laughs> who else did the Hawks get? They got they Gallinari. Had a, they got a couple. They got Gallinari for a big one. They got um, uh, Rajon Rondo. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe one Anybody else? You know? I mean, they have a couple guys that they're just trying to develop, I know. Yeah. Um, that they had been drafted in recent years. Do they still have, uh, what's his name, uh, undersized for uh, John Collins? Yeah. I mean, he's 6'10", so he's not really undersized. But, yeah, they still have John Collins. That That's their core right there is um, Trey and Collins just building around that. They have a couple good young pieces. They have... Um, Herder, right? And they have uh, Cam Reddish that they drafted last year. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're now going to be pretty good. They, they picked up Chris Dunn, too, so that'll help defensively at the guard. Um, they should they should have, at the very least, seed in the East. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Trey's been playing out of his mind. They have a lot of pieces. With Yeah, Gallinari went to the playoffs with the Clippers when no one expected him to go, and then last year with the Thunder when no one expected him to go. So he's a key piece. I mean, as long as he stays healthy... The Hawks should be really good. What about his, uh, I think, 2019 lottery pick counterpart, uh, Luca? What did the did the Mavs put anything together? Tim Hardaway Jr. opted into his contract, so he's staying with the team. He did pretty well last year. Seth Curry left and went to 76ers. I believe it was a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing for his father-in-law, Doc Rivers. So that's I saw that. But yeah, other than that, I haven't heard anything on the Mavericks front. They got Trey Burke, which is pretty minimal backup point guard. So that would have been nice if if uh, the Blazers were able to get Trey Burke. Yeah, would have been huge. I think I think Delon Wright left. Um, also, did I see that Darrell Wright? I don't know if those two are related. They are. He may have retired. He did officially he retired. retired. Yep. Yeah. He I mean, did. he was in. He didn't have a contract. I don't think. No, he's been out for a few years now. He's he yeah. played overseas a little bit, but. <laughs> That's yeah, former Trailblazer. <laughs> you break up. You break up with your. I'm breaking up with you. We've been we've been broken up for weeks. <laughs> I'm retiring. We're like Darrell Wright. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I love Darrell Wright. He was great on the Blazers. Um, of course, Streaky, who isn't a streaky shooter on the Blazers, but he was fun to watch yeah. sometimes. So anyway, Blazers, all their off-season acquisitions. Um, Neil Olshay. So a couple things. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., a lot of people wanted a power forward that we could like rely on with the MLE. I'm actually pretty happy with um, Derek Jones. He, uh, I mean, people were talking about Millsap, Jay Crowder, even Ibaka. I mean, I, was, I would be excited to get any of them. I was hoping for Gallinari, but he got a way bigger contract than that. Um, but Millsap and Jay Crowder were right around that MLE range. Um, and I'm not sure what Ibaka's... He's... I for, I, well, Davis... Uh, Anthony Davis is playing like the. Uh, let's be honest. We, like a couple years ago, when the Warriors were up, it was like, okay, who, you, who how are you going to defend the Warriors? Uh, and yeah. right now, it's how how are you going to defend the Lakers? Yeah. Um, and Anthony Davis is, is playing the five. Is that accurate? You'd say he's he's pretty much playing the five. He prefers the four, and they you know they had Dwight but, Howard and uh, Javale McGee last year to play the five. Those are the. Yeah, now that's that's interesting, right? Because if you were on any other team and you didn't have like two springy, yeah, uh, like hyper athletic fives, like Dwight Howard and literally JaVale McGee, like yeah. those two guys, <laughs> then he would be likely probably getting more minutes at the five. Yeah, um, 
did you know if the, so Dwight's gone I thought he went to the 76ers yep and then what about JaVale uh JaVale there's talk of them trading him in order to sign Mark Gasol Gasol's also uh looks like Gasol's uh, either going there or going to the Raptors the Tampa Bay Raptors by the way dude if he goes to the Lakers but then again you gotta start you gotta start asking you know how old are these guys that's they've had, that's they've what had, I'm asking yeah, I'm like not, they've had great years in the years past, but it might yeah. just be it might be one year where two of them aren't even the same guys. Yeah, I, I'm not the most impressed with what the Lakers have done this offseason, honestly. I mean, uh, obviously LeBron and AD is the thing, and for at least two more years, LeBron's going to be amazing. Um, maybe more, who knows? But yeah. yeah, I mean, they they got rid of Danny Green, who was extremely streaky in the playoffs. People were pretty dang tired of him, so it, it makes sense. They got Schroeder, who was playing pretty good for um, OKC, but for me, it's like I don't know. He's a slasher, he's not a shooter. Schroeder's Schroeder's not what they. I mean, they needed a point guard. They You're saying Schroeder's not a shooter? <laughs> yes, right, like not he. A so 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 I'm just trying to think. They got Montrez, great pickup. I mean, inarguably, these these are. Fantastic players in their own right. Yeah. Um, role players, I should I should caveat. Um, but who did they get that can spread the floor? Uh, <laughs> I think there's like one guy that they got. They kept Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. So there's that. Did you just say KCP is going to spread the floor for the Lakers? You know, he's he's shot. Do you remember that one game where they had no yeah, one on their I team after LeBron was injured and he, like, lit up the Blazers? <laughs> yes. But Wes Matthews, Blazers fans, take, take a... Did they, um, yeah, they got him, right? Take a moment. Take a couple yeah. tears. Just realize that Wesley Matthews is going to be playing against your Blazers in the playoffs. But how many injuries, Christian? This is what we were just talking about, the age. How many injuries has Wes had? Like, like I feel like when he was in Portland, he had a couple, like, ligament-based or, like, tendon injuries, didn't he? He had tears. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how serious his other ones were. I don't think they were that bad. I know at the end of um, Dame's rookie season, he got injured, and then the Blazers proceeded to lose 13 games straight, I believe, to finish the season. Um, so he was obviously important. Uh, and then he tore his Achilles his last season with the Blazers, um, which obviously did not end well with Aaron Aflalo. But other than that, I don't think he's had too serious of injuries. It's it's just the Achilles tendon, that one season-ending injury, but I don't think it was the most serious injury. I'm not sure, but I'm still a is, huge fan it, of Wes Matthews. I would have loved to have him on the Blazers. Is Aaron Aflalo one of the best post-up scoring two guards in, in the history of the NBA? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> the answer is yes. So the answer is yes. Oh god! I watched that man play. I said, "Is this 1986?" <laughs> I was excited. I remember when he came to us. Oh. That was the only thing I was like, "Man, this is like the only guy who's ever played like high by 2K player plays." Um, <laughs> but honestly, uh, uh, looking at CJ Ellaby highlights, that's something I noticed. He was playing quite a bit of back to the basket, turn around, hand in his face, making him anyway. So. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty old school. Yeah. Hey, uh, on 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 another two K note, um, Anthony Edwards answering his draft in his draft interview, uh, saying something to the effect of, "Yeah, once I found I I could dunk, uh, I pretty much was like I should just play basketball," <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess it's all right. I wish I could play football. Oh. And then he was like. Also, I rap, but not like Dame. I'll be rapping real, like Lil Baby, which, by the way, 
if you've never listened to Dave or Little Baby, as a hip hop fan, I can tell you, David Lillard is a better rapper than uh, Little Baby. And man. if you're upset about that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I will say, uh, Little Baby compared to most modern rappers, uh, like a, a slight improvement. Like when I when I think about like uh, six nine and and guys like that, I'm like, okay, this is just ridiculous. Little Baby's like maybe mm. a tiny tier ahead of them. And honestly, yeah. listening to Anthony Edwards, I heard like this little video of him in the car. He does honestly have a voice that sounds like little. He flows. He flows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like like it it's sounds like... a bit like little baby, like kind of yeah. like a deeper voice. Uh, yeah. But dude, I'll take Dame over pretty much any rapper right now, just because yeah. like he, he's not like going to go it's in. It's a generational like thing a modern too. Rapper, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Dame's Dame's on some conscious. Uh, old school Oakland. Exactly. Well, and Oakland isn't even always like on some conscious like rap <laughs> or whatever. But like, yeah, you know, Dame. I've listened. Listen, 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 listen. For those of our audience out there who um, want to question my understanding regarding like encore basketball, any of that, I, you are more than welcome to do that. <laughs> when it comes to Damien Lillard's discography, his lyricism, his flow, oh and and seeing this man as a as an artist. Uh, I was probably in the first hundred people who bought a ticket to his concert uh, in downtown Vancouver. And I flowed bar for bar with him. I, okay, admittedly had a couple adult beverages and was in the front row at this concert, like, 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 like going, like rapping the same song. And it was, I think it was, um, oh, it was a song about him going off to college in, 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 uh, in Utah. Oh, um, Anyways, the, the street, and, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it was on the letter O. Um, yep. but anyways, he's, he's rapping that and Is I'm going bar for bar. Yes. And I'm going bar for bar with him in the club. And I've had, a, 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 I've had a lot of adult beverages <laughs> and, um, he's not really like getting too interactive with the crowd. You know, he's not like out, like, you know, doing stage dives or anything like that, but he sees me in the front row off in the right. Set going bar for bar, and he like we like we like we made eye contact for a second, and he was like, "Oh!" and like for and like I'm not kidding you, he reached out and dapped me up, and I was like, "Oh!" And I was oh hyped, I was so hyped, but I was like, you know what? Hell yeah! And 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 hey, if y'all haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to any any um, project that he's put out because um, just the, just the production in itself is is fantastic uh for his for his artwork it's he has he has very high quality producers and mixing and uh he's he's obviously a leader um and it comes through in in his lyrics and um it's it's really motivational stuff and it's absolutely great music to work out to okay austin caphammer this is uh season three and i've never heard that you went to a dame concert or any of that so like what the heck yeah yeah (laughs) Dude, that was almost as crazy as when I don't think I don't think you and I went to that game together, but another time that I had a lot of adult beverage. You know what it is? It's liquid courage. So like I'm in these positions where like normally I'm like I this is definitely a boundary I don't want to cross here. Like these guys are professionals. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're probably they're hounded by fans all the time. Oh, I'm... But like you get a couple beers in you, you're like ah, that's St. Collins, like. I'm sure I know what you're talking about because I was there when you went up to Lamar Hurd and Kevin Calabro and we walked no, past Zach there. Collins. You were there. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. This lady's oh like, oh, you can't pass here. And Austin's like, oh, I'm just going down there. And then you just sneak right and by. Yeah, and I just like, ran. Hey, what's up, Lamar? That's right. We did go to that game together. We did oh, go to that game together. I got together. pictures. I'll put them up on, yes. on our Twitter. 
Yeah, it, and you know what? I was very excited to meet uh, Kevin Calabro. Yeah, Kevin Calabro, Lamar. So actually, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me take a step back. Both Lamar Heard and Kevin Calabro were everything I thought they'd be meeting them in person. Lamar was like, "Hey," and he was just like super up, yeah. like upbeat, and just like. Yeah, how's it going, man? And it was just like, wow, you were definitely Lamar Heard. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Kevin Calabro. And he's like, oh, man, this guy's like a drunk fan. Like, to an extent, I could see it in his face. And he's like, uh, he's like, how you doing, young man? Or something like that. And I was like, oh, you were definitely Kevin Calabro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then... And then, like, uh, Zach Collins, it was more, it wasn't anything personality-wise. I have no idea what Zach Collins is like, aside from what he's on the court. It was more just like, oh, my God, you're as, you're as tall as I would imagine Zach Collins would be. Oh, like, yeah. you're a huge, you're a huge person. So, those are my three moments of, like, this is, like, coming to grips with what was happening. It was, like, <laughs> two personality things, and then the third one was, like, you're just a huge person. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, so... Let's get back to some uh, Blazers free agency talk. Here's what I'm thinking we do. All right, we go down the line of last year's roster and this year's roster, and we decide where are the pluses, where are the minuses, where do we end up overall. So I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, Last year's roster, we had a starting five at the end of the year of Dame, CJ, Ariza, Mello, and Nurk. Okay, so this year, we don't know what it's going to look like Exactly, but Ariza's gone for Covington. That's a plus, in my opinion. Um, Ariza's not bad, but it's a plus. Um, Mello is now on the bench, so whoever was in the three or four spot on the bench is now covered by Mello, so that's an improvement. Um, Basically what I have is um, we're probably losing Whiteside, by the way, Um, if that was not made clear. Um, To me, Cantor is a subtraction it's a little worse than Whiteside. with that being said uh keeping Whiteside for an entire year with yusuf nurkic was not going to work out and uh and his canter should understand his role better and be okay with like okay as long as i have some consistent minutes i'm good to go i'll contribute i'll get in there do what i can um, yeah i almost got to the finals the last time i was here whatever yeah. i gotta do yeah so i mean as far as Players that the the Blazers have had both years, uh, Dame, CJ, Nurk, they're still here. Hood, this year he's not injured. Um, knock on all the wood. Um, we love you, Rodney Hood. Stoked for you to come back. Hopefully start. We'll see. Um, Simons, Trent. Trent is going to be a better version than he was at the start of last year. Probably not bubble Trent, but, um, you know, he's going to be an improvement, so that's great. Uh, we got Derek Jones Jr., who does not really spread the floor, but he's a great slasher. He's got athleticism. He's 6'6", pretty long, pretty defensive. Um, so that's... I'm, I'm putting him like... I'm excited, Christian. I'm really dude, excited. Yeah, I just right. listened to you talk about that roster, <sighs> and I got really excited. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I, like, like, I want to talk mm-hmm. about lineups later. But as far as like what I project as being, these are the starters. These are the first guys off the bench. Basically, I have Covington over Mello as a starter, an improvement. Derek Jones compared to Ariza, which this is just what I went through in my head. They're about the same, as a starter? honestly. But there's the upside with Derek Jones of him being young. Um, You're saying he's going to start, though? DJ is going to start? No, th- I got it all lined up. As if Hood okay, were, okay. Sorry, were sorry. healthy last year, I would have Ariza on the bench and Mello start. It's... You know, it's not perfect. It's it is a, what it is. Okay. It's a work in product. Uh, then I have Cantor slightly worse than Whiteside. Then I have 
Giles and Collins. I'm like I'm looking at like that third string kind of. Who knows where Collins will be right now? He's injured, mm-hmm. but when he comes back, I have them as improvements over Wenyan and Swanigan. And then I have Ella B like right there with Hazonia because who the heck knows? Um, so basically, I get what you're saying. You went apples to apples in terms of tiers, like like in terms of like strings in pairs. You said you know uh, yeah. situationally where were we at apples to apples and that's interesting because i i haven't heard anyone in blazers twitter or anywhere talk about that the improvement of zach and harry giles over swanigan and and wenyan yeah you don't think about that but that is what championship teams think about it Sorry, better continue. be um but but that's the thing is it, it's all relative because i have like mellow at the backup four i'm i'm kind of assuming that mellow is going to start at the four just first off for his own ego, you know, Ugh. put some respect on him, all that. Also, like, I care more about who finishes the game than who starts the game personally. Um, so if he needs that at the start, that's fine. I also And think... Gary Trent Jr. did a lot of that last oh, year, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's no way Trent starts um, unless, But do you, know, you think that he continues that finishing trend? Do you think that, they, that, that uh, Stotts, if he's doing well, continues to put him in that finishing, those those final minutes? Probably in a, uh, against maybe a quarter to a third of the teams in the league where they have some smaller lineups. I think if okay. he's playing well, then yeah, he could finish for sure. Uh, I think it's fair. Cantor might get a, yeah, Cantor or some other center might get a couple finishes over Nurk if Nurk is in foul trouble or he's just not playing well, whatever. Um but but with Mello, like he had clutch shooting in the bubble. That's for sure. Like he would, like no one on the team would make any threes except for Dame. And then like fourth quarter, Mello gets like three or four threes. Um, so that's something where I'm like, it's not the end of the world if Mello is finishing a game for us. Now I could see how it'd be better Dame, CJ, Hood, Covington, Nurk, or you know maybe Derek Jones Jr. in there for defense, Mello in there for offense, Trent in there if he's playing hot. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But on the whole. When I look at the team construction compared to last year, I put basically three additions, one subtraction with Cantor, but there's not really much you could do with it considering Whiteside probably wasn't going to play next to Nurkwell. Um, and do we think that Cantor, you know, obviously box score-wise it's a subtraction, but do we really <laughs> think overall that's a subtraction? Uh, I think it's they bring a relatively similar effect to the team where okay. they're going to get those rebounds, hopefully offensive rebounds. Um, I mean, Cantor, that, that's his mantra, is offensive <laughs> rebounds. And they're going to yeah. you know, maybe get a couple stats on the defensive end. Cantor's not going to get the defensive rebounds or um, blocks that Whiteside got, obviously. Yeah. But there's more to, to defense than that. Obviously, uh, Cantor isn't going to contribute much more than that. But, uh, I mean, we look at a guy like Covington. So here's, here's what I saw. I would be very happy with um if one way or another he ends up starting at the three i'm happy with that i was watching a lot of defensive highlights um i'd need to watch more like just regular uh game in game out play of him to know for sure but a lot of his highlights it's him starting defending a guy at the perimeter the guy at the perimeter drives to the basket and he basically like loses a step on him and lets them pass him and then he's got he's got like a seven two wingspan or something crazy like that. He yeah. reaches and gets a steal, gets a block, doesn't matter. Sometimes he just contests yeah. from behind and it's enough. So if you have him at the three and you have like two big guys in there, so that they're gonna be able to assist him on on the defense, like he'll get the turnovers quite a bit. Um, yeah. But they're gonna be able to help him in the paint. So 
Um, if he starts at the four, that's great. If he starts at the three, that's great. Um, I feel a lot better about our depth if he starts at the four. Um, but the only time that would become an issue is if if another team has a front court that can spread the floor, like like Philadelphia. Because then if you have two big men down low and then Rocco letting his man slide by and getting to yeah. the rim, and then they sag and, and basically move over on him and then leave the center to, to spread the floor, then maybe Joel Embiid makes a three. But outside yeah. of that, Joel Embiid making a three, mm-hmm. I think that that's a very reasonable solution. And and that's the thing is uh, there's there should be roster flexibility. If there's enough buy-in, it can be, hey, guys, this team we're playing against, it doesn't make sense to have Covington at the four. We need more size. Or, hey, it doesn't make sense to have Hood starting at the three because we, you know, they're, they're small. We're going to start Trent. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that would necessarily happen. But um, hopefully there's some flexibility and buy-in to be able to work with it. Obviously, injuries happen. Hopefully not too bad. So um, regardless, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of shifting. But Stotts kind of has his hands full trying to figure out these uh, starting lineups, finishing lineups. Uh, keeping Mello happy, keeping Hood and Covington happy. Um, I was when honestly When do we begin surprised. the season again? Uh, season starts, thank you. I don't know why I didn't say that in the intro, but season <laughs> starts December 22nd. We will be having Christmas games this year. What? Yeah. In a month? I mean, so we're recording here on November 22nd. We may release here uh, uh, in the next day or two, but we are recording here November 22nd, 2020. We'll be resuming in exactly a month, I'm hearing. Yeah. And there won't be any bubble. And basically, certain teams are allowing certain fans, and there's going to be certain local regulations. I think the Blazers aren't allowing any fans. I didn't even know certain teams were going to allow fans. That's crazy. I think if they proposed that they would be, uh, they had to be, with if they were within X amount of feet. So Yusuf yeah. Nurkic quoted a tweet, and it was from another franchise. And basically they said, if you are a attendee within X amount of rows to the court, you actually have to show a receipt of a positive COVID test like prior to entering the stadium. Negative, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, and, you know, that really doesn't even make me feel so confident because rapid result tests are, are yeah. rapid result tests. We know that they're not super accurate. So, But anyways, I mean, Texas – Midwest, that's <laughs> yeah. that's gonna happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the Blazers have already came out and said that we're not going to have any fans at at and in the Ro- Moda Center. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Rose Garden. Yes, say it with pride. It's the um, Rose Garden. Anyway, uh, so basically, looking at this season, uh, I'm happy with what Neil Olshay has done. I think he could have done more um, potentially, but I'm I'm not gonna complain for this off season. I think he did great. Um, I still am frustrated about the 2016 contracts. I'm not, not going to get too far into that. <laughs> but if, you know, he just he doesn't get really anything positive out of trades long term, then it's ridiculous that he did that in the first place. Anyway, um, one guy, Harry Giles, just to key in on him real quick. He was the number one recruit out of high school. He had yeah. crazy upside. And the biggest thing for him was injuries. Like, I'm not an expert on how good he was in college and all that. But his biggest knock was injuries. And on, uh, he actually went with the Blazers' 20th pick in the trade for Zach Collins um, to Sacramento. So, uh, and, and he ended up not playing his entire rookie season and then missing a lot of time in, in his second season. So the Blazers kind of like dodged a bullet and came, came back and got a guy that they otherwise might have gotten. So it's like, hey. That would be come. a really ath- athletic front young court was between Zach Collins and him. Him and him and Harry him and Harry Giles. 
Wait, uh, say the first part of that again. That would be like a really athletic, like defensive front court, young front court. Yeah. That we just, I, I just put that together. You said that we made that trade for that Zach Collins was involved in that trade. Yeah. Well, you, I texted you earlier today, and I was like, "Is he playing more of a four or, or five? And you said, "I think he's overrated on his career from the three. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, he's not going to be playing the four. Um, I listening to you talk now, Christian. I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's a narrative the Blazers haven't really heard too much of, like really in, in, in my recent memory is oh hey we got a guy who has a history of injuries and it turns out he's he's good to go now like <laughs> that's that's right. not I mean and that's that's a pretty uh that's a rarity in sports to begin with but um yeah I mean I guess that's something to be excited for because Zach and him are both still young but they both just have injuries that are remaining to be seen yeah and how much they recover and, and last year, um, I was excited about the three-headed beast of Nurk, Whiteside, and Collins, and like, oh, it'd be cool if, like, at times, you keep two of them on the floor, where it's, you know, Nurk and Collins, or Collins and Whiteside, and it's like, they're just going to block everything and play decent defense, um, and that, we never really got to see that. So, with this, it's it's not ideal, having Cantor, he's not, you know, e- even though Whiteside isn't the best defender, um, he got those stats, and Cantor probably won't get good defense or stats. Um, so, but still having that Collins and Giles and trying to figure out, okay, he's a little better for a defensive unit. He's a little better for an offensive unit, that kind of thing to, to plug them in on occasion, maybe with Nurk or Cantor just to see, I mean, and, and like you said, maybe you put in Giles and Collins on occasion and see, um, how that goes. But there's a lot of flexibility with this roster. Um, the biggest thing is going to be health. I mean, last year, the Blazers had an amazing team. I mean, Dame was playing out of his mind. I think Dame's going to continue to improve, even if that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Um, and I think that's going to help this team. I think CJ's going to continue to improve. I'm, I'm hoping to see more uh, CJ as the backup point guard um, when Dame goes to the bench after eight minutes. I think we're going to see a great year out of him. CJ. I think these last couple years, he's he's hit a bit of a, of a slump, and I think we're going to see a, a good year out of him. Um, I, I have no real basis for that statement. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just completely a feeling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel great about this team. Uh, if this team stays healthy, like like I'm saying, like if we had Hood last year, if we had Collins last year, if we had Nurk last year, that's a top four team in the league. And and, and so we I, improved. Yeah, I, I think we so now slightly it's just, can improved. We Not a ton. Be but, healthy? Yeah, and, and hopefully Covington is... A decent enough improvement to um, push that starting five to an even higher tier and hopefully play good defense against guys like LeBron. Like I, I said in a previous episode, uh, since 2011 when um, when Dirk won with the Mavericks, since then there hasn't been a single uh, champion in the NBA who wasn't a, a an all-star small forward or someone who's going to defend that all-star uh, small forward like Andre Iguodala yeah. did on LeBron. Um, so having yeah. Covington, he's not the all-star small forward, but he could potentially play decent defense on them. Um, so that's something that, that could be key. That being said, um, I, I, I want to temper people's expectations on Covington. I've been a huge fan of him and, and wanted him on the team. Uh, he's not going to be this ultimate savior for the Blazers. Um, hopefully with all the pieces together, he'll be great and um, he'll push them over the edge. But he's he doesn't have a phenomenal three-point percentage. He's he's decent. He's better than Mo and Aminu, so that's great. Um, Derek Jones Jr. is not a good three-point shooter, but he's a slasher. I'm hoping that on occasion we'll have Derek Jones Jr. Covington um, lineups where Covington gets his you know key 
uh, blocks or steals, gets a fast break to Derrick Jones Jr. on the other end. Hopefully that's something we get to see. Um, also, Covington fouls a lot. He does. He, like, okay. looking at all these guys, like, I feel like Nurk and uh, Collins are in foul trouble, like, every single game. Covington, I think, averages more fouls than both of them. He averages over three a game. So um, that's something to consider. He's going to play good defense, but like I said, he's, he's kind of a reacher. He kind of lets a guy get past him and he reaches. Um, so we're just going to have to see, but I'm, I'm still really high on Covington, still really high on this team. Uh, we'll talk in our next episode about how we think things are going to shape up in the, uh, shake out in the NBA. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling really good about this team and, um, you know, championship aspirations, um, especially after a injury disappointing 50th anniversary season last year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess it just makes me feel a little bit better that we certainly weren't the only uh, franchise in, in, in the league that, that felt that pain. I mean, look at Brooklyn and, and uh, Golden State and, yeah. um, you know, it's it's kind of very – it's very 2020. Yeah. It's very 2020, right? And, and the outlook uh, this week is better than last week in my opinion because last week it looked like we were on the trend of the super team. It was – DeMar DeRozan's going to get traded to the Lakers, and James Harden's going to the Nets, and it's like, oh, we're back to the era of the big three, whereas last year was all about the duos. Obviously, LeBron and AD, both like top five players, that's going to be the best duo, and so they won. So um, it's encouraging to see um, so far in free agency, it still looks like a relatively two-star league, um, so that, that should bode well for the Blazers, but we'll just have to see if, if that continues. Absolutely. Well, hey, Christian, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss for our listeners uh, this evening? Um, I'll just say uh, Gordon Hayward got paid way too much to the Hornets. <laughs> what the heck are they doing down there? And uh, Supply and demand, baby. And Clay Thompson out for the season with a torn Achilles. We are sad uh, to see that. Um, I think the Warriors are still going to be competitive. But, yeah, that's really disappointing. Love Clay Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I think of Clay and his game and his impact – I think about how CJ and him had the fifty, the the fastest fifty points in NBA history in the same season. Yeah, I think so. So CJ in three quarters had like fifty or close to it. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. No, yeah. Um, but then like maybe a month later, Clay did it, and like, <laughs> and yeah. and pri- prior to CJ doing it, it hadn't happened in several decades, and it, it happened in the same month. Yeah. Um, so when I think about that, it was like I, I think about how taken back I was when CJ did it, and how much more effortless it looked when Clay did it. Yeah. Um, so that's just terrible to to hear about, and we and we obviously wish the best for for Clay's recovery. Yep. So cool. Hey, thank you everybody for joining us today. Go ahead and follow Peeps and Plaid on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. If your grandma found a new app. And it works. Listen to us on there. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Peeps in Plaid, Christian Gamelin, Sleepy Cap. Uh, whatever you want to do. We appreciate y'all listening to us. Go Blazers. Let's go. Rip City, baby. Rip City, baby.